What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I just got off a podcast with a good friend of mine. She's a real estate agent in California. She is a real estate agent coach. She is an incredible entrepreneur, a credible uh, mom, uh, wife, just incredible person all around. Super smart, really fun, really energetic. And I think you guys are going to get a ton from this. We spent 80%, 90% of this podcast talking about your mindset and how important that is. And I think that's the same percentage that you should be putting your time into that inside your business too. So if there's a podcast that you listen to this year and over and over and over again, it should be this one. I think there's a ton of valuable information in here that will help get you to the next level and break through where you are to where you need to be. So here is my podcast with myself and Krista Mayshore. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everybody? I've got a really exciting guest and somebody who's like enthusiasm will top my enthusiasm. I promise you that. She is like a little firecracker. So awesome. I met her inside of another mastermind group that I'm in and I just realized like she has to be on the podcast. I have to figure out how to bring her and um, very busy, very successful and agreed to come on. So uh, make sure you guys strap in for this one. I'm really excited. So I have Krista Mayshore today. What's up, Krista? How are you? Hi, Bill. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I appreciate it. Me too. I, uh, we, we've talked a few times, uh, even after our meeting, I, I really, uh, like absolutely love and adore you and everything that you do and what you talk about. So I'm really excited for this. So, um, it, for, just, you're like seriously one of the smartest people that I know. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding when I'm not just saying that cause I'm on your podcast. You seriously are one of the smartest people that I know. I love listening to you. Well, uh, I appreciate that, but it's like, so it's funny because I was listening to a Dan Kennedy presentation the other day that, that Russell put on, right? He, he's, he's got this new podcast that they launched and he said something that I keep saying over and over again. is like, I have no original thoughts in this business. I feel like I just take what everybody else is doing and try to put it together in my Frankenstein model. And um, when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been saying this for like five years. Did I steal, even steal that quote from him too somehow in one of his books or something that I heard him say? So I'm like, even my comment of I have no original thoughts or ideas in this business is not original. So um, I appreciate you saying that. I've, uh, I, I work really hard and I think I just study other successful people really well. And that is like my, my superpower is being able to take things and implement really quickly and make fast decisions. So I've really studied myself. So, Honestly, my superpower too. Exactly the same. Mine the same. I don't like. I always think, have I ever thought of anything myself? I don't think so. Like, you know, even even this year, like our big event this year in October, there was somebody who like shouted out in the audience that was like, "I found a quote that was an original Bill Allen quote. You said something that's not online and like wrote it down, and I got to find it. It's in the Facebook group. That's like my only one. So, um, okay, we will just talk for hours. I what I'd like to do is just give an intro uh, about you, who you are, what you do, just so that like. So the two people that are listening that have never heard of you because you're all over social media oh, and online. Um, so just tell us like who you are and a little bit about your background. Okay. So I've um, been in, I'm, I am a real estate coach and a mortgage lender coach. So I teach uh, real estate professionals, whether they're in real estate or, or, or lending, how to utilize social media and video and digital marketing to dominate their space by doing non-traditional things that they're taught to do. Um, I've been at the top 1% of realtors nationwide for 20 years. I've sold 2,300 homes. 
And um, I've done about 40, about, I'm sorry, about $32 million online in the past four years. Um, and yeah, that's me. <laughs> that it's pr pretty powerful. So like when I saw you, I saw you speak and we're in the same mastermind group together. That's kind of how we met. And um, like, I thought that I worked pretty hard. And when I see some of the things that you're doing and working on, it, it's, it's really interesting to me. And have you always been like really successful? Can you go into some of your background? Because I kind of know some of your stories, but I think that a lot of what I want to get across to the audience is like, they see people that are so successful that have done it, that have made it, that have done that much money online, right? 35, 30 plus million dollars, you're the top 1%. Like, was it always that way? Did like Krista grow up with a silver spoon in her mouth? So I'm interested to hear that. That's funny. I love, you know, I think that's a good thing to, to, to say because people always look at people and, and they they make assumptions, right? And what, what does an assumption mean? It means you're making an asset of you and me, right? ASS is the beginning. But they see people and they just assume that they've always had it so easy. So, no, I have not lived at home since I was 13. Um, I was in a, I started, there was some physical abuse happening in my in my home. Um, which, by the way, I don't even like even saying that because I have a, an amazing relationship with both my parents and my mom was one of my favorite people in the world. But there was some abuse that was happening. So I started running away when I was 13 and then I got into trouble um, and was stuck in juvenile hall for a couple of months. Then I got um, sent to a group home uh, for girls called Hidden Hills Group Home for Girls, which there was nothing hidden about it because they dropped me off in a big, huge green bus every day to high school and basically with a big sign on our floor that said, we are total screw up, so you mean to us, chastise us and shame us. And that's kind of what happened. And then from there, after a year of being in the group home, I was sent to a foster home. So I haven't lived at home since I was 13. And um, you know, when you're somebody who has gone through abuse, there's a lot of things that happen in your brain. I've had to really, really work on my mindset and feeling that I'm worthy and valuable enough to even do anything quite frankly and it's to the point now where i'm you know pretty much a master of my mind and there's not a lot that gets me down i'm that's probably my, my superpower is my mindset and then also inspiring and encouraging other people to take action um but you know i, I believe that anybody can do anything that they put their mind to and, and i've you know been able to kind of prove that <laughs> can we can we go deeper into that because i think that's the thing that at all of my time, I always thought it was like tactics and strategies and those kind of things that would uh, that would be what I needed. Like in the very beginning, my journey was I just need more strategies and tactics. I need more information. I need to understand all this stuff. And what I realize now looking back is it really is the story that's going on inside my head. So um, how did you get from that place of like all of that, uh, you know, growing up that way in a group home, uh, some challenges, some issues, like even even later on in life, I've heard some of your other stories too, right? Like what... Where is the tipping point of when you said, okay, enough of this, I need to figure out something else for myself? Like what, can you identify some things? Like when did you make that switch and how did you make it? You know, it's really funny because I get asked that a lot and I don't really have the right answer. So I don't, it's hard to answer because I don't remember quite honestly. Um, I will say I was always a good kid. Like I was a really sweet, just really sweet, innocent kid. And, um, you know, I had a learning disability also when I was younger and I, I went to bed in time as 10 because of the abuse that was happening and my family realized when I was in second grade that I couldn't read and I had a, so I got put into a special education class um and so I say that not to like a, I mean I love who I am and I, I but I was always a good kid right so it was kind of like when I got into the system they were like you're not our traditional type of kid that's in the system and our family was actually really great I mean we went on vacations together and there was a ton of love and my dad is probably the best person in the world that I've ever met or known but there was this behind the scenes hidden thing that not even my dad knew about right and like we looked like this perfect family we grew up very religious but then there was this abuse that was happening that um you know 
um, my, that people just didn't know about. And so I don't know when it happened, but I will tell you that I just, I've always been the kind of person that, you know, I'm a really hard worker. I want the best for myself and for other people. And, um, you know, I just have a good heart. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't answer it. It's just, it's, uh, I just, I always strive to, it's, you know, I'll give you an example. Dan Kennedy, right? I'm reading his book, which everybody in the world should read called The Gap in the Game. I've read it twice in the past like month. And he talk, talks about entrepreneurs, like they don't know why they're the way they are. Like they don't know why they're just driven and just like, I don't really have a reason. I love helping people in my manifesto says, you know, I want to help other people achieve more in life and have more financial freedom and time. Um, that's a huge part of what, what I do what I do, but I don't have this like overall mission, you know, of why I'm, why I'm doing it now or what made me kind of kind of do it but uh, the mindset is there's nothing more important I, I, I believe and people will come to me and say you know teach me how to build you've, you've made you know all these millions of dollars online and teach me how to build a funnel and how do I do it I'm like it doesn't matter what I can teach you like you can google that right but let me help you with your mindset and then I can teach you the other things and what I find more than anything in my coaching is that people will say oh my god you have like changed my life and I'm like oh it's not me I'm just a catalyst for you doing it yourself but they think they come to me for a business. And once you get the mindset and the inner, everything in the inside done, everything else just kind of falls in place. And with this amazing program that we have, and we do, it won't, it does, it would not work had I not have such of a heavy in, influence on it in the mindset piece, if that makes sense. Yeah, where do you recommend that somebody gets started with that? Like where, where do they go look? So you, you had this quote that I heard of mindset, uh, top skill set. And yes. I loved that. Like that saying right there should be like, on top of everybody's wall of mindset, top skill set, because like with the right mindset, I, I, I believe, and I think we agree with that. You can pretty much accomplish anything that you want. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's all out there. It's all inside of you, but you just, the, any resistance is usually what just what slows us down and ends, we end up quitting before we even get started. So what, like, what did you do in some of those early times when you were trying to change your mindset into something of I'm good enough, I can, I can handle this. Cause there's really like two things, two problems is like, um, I, I won't be loved or I'm not good enough. Like everything mm -hmm. kind of, I, I think stems back to those two kind of things, those two issues and problems inside of us and fears. So I used to be a teacher. I've got a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. So I'm like an avid learner. I'm like you, I love learning and educating. Sorry, educating myself, and I, I do the same thing. I study people that are successful and kind of just try to copy them. But there's a, so many books. One of them is Psycho-Cybergenetics by Dr. Maxwell Mulch. Um, you know, if you look at Dr. Joe Dispenza or read things like The Secret. I mean, I've watched The Secret, you know, honestly, like 75 times. I, I would play it in my, in my um, on the TV every morning while I was getting ready and just like, I just believe it, right? There's so much scientific evidence on neurotransmitters in our brain and how our, you know, a prefrontal cortex works and how visualization works. And I mean, there is like, it is not just like, oh, this thing and it's fluffy and woo woo. It's science. It's like neuroscience that our brains, when we visualize things, when we think about things, that they can create exactly what we're, we're thinking, right? And so I just read massive amounts of books and I believed, I chose to believe in what they said, right? We, you can choose to believe they don't work or you can choose to believe that they do, but I'll tell you what, it'll be much more to your advantage if you believe that things like that will work for you. And so I chose to believe that it will work. And I read these books and I like write down, like right now, my, I'm writing down every night, you know, I, Krista Mayshire, will have 25,000 people um, of my own people in a transformational, inspirational setting by March 21st, 2025, right? And I write that down. I'm like, this is what I believe I want. However, I'm open to having even something even better happen even sooner. You know, Jehovah God, please put me in front of the people and things that I need to make this happen. Okay. And it, when I first started, 
I was coaching with somebody and I, I had 15,000. I go, well, that seems like it's going to be hard. And he's like, Chris, if anyone can do it, it's you. I'm like, okay, you're right. If anyone can do it, it's me. And then all of a sudden, after like two weeks of writing that down, I'm like, I'm putting 25,000. Like, I could do 25,000 in a day. It's because I'm, I'm programming my brain to not only think, but to believe it. And, you know, your thoughts turns your actions turns your life, right? The things that you think about, your beliefs, your philosophies, all of that turns into how you act, how you implement um, you know, and then that turns into the results that you're going to get, right? Your, your life, your success. So thoughts become things that, you know, you're, and it's just, it's everything, everything, everything. I can't, I can't tell it. And many people will say like, oh my gosh, you're so positive and you're so, you know, has so much energy and all these things. And I'm like, no, I don't. I choose to be like, I don't just, nobody wakes up and just is naturally this way. So I choose to look for things that are good and to find things that are good. And, and when I don't, things go wrong. You know, my husband and I, 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 he's my second husband, my last husband. We've been married for 13 years, and he's the, my best friend in the whole world. My first husband had an affair on me and um, and left and kind of like took all our money and all this stuff. So having a happy marriage is so, so important. But about a year and a half ago, maybe it was two, maybe it's even longer, probably like two and a half years ago, my husband ended up leaving for a couple of days because I was focusing on all the things that he wasn't doing, and it was affecting our marriage. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, you're having a bad marriage right now with, like, the love of your life because you're choosing to focus on the fact that he doesn't tell you that you're pretty or he doesn't, you know, instead of focusing on the fact that he's all these amazing things that he'll do for me. Like, the guy will stop everything and and do anything for me, you know, and, and there's so many other great things, too. But once I said, you're doing what you practice not to do, and the, again, then our marriage completely transformed, you know, very, very quickly. And that's kind of the way that everything works. So you've got to really focus, think about what you're saying to yourself, what you're thinking about, what you're, because all of those things, whether it's good or whether they're good things or bad things that you're saying to yourself or about yourself, you're going to prove yourself right. I love when I have like some fears or some doubts or some uncertainty of what's next for me, just writing down the things that are going through my head and what I'm feeling and taking a moment to kind of sit in that and feel it and say, what is that? And so I've gotten a lot of clarity from that over the past like year or so. Um, but because before I, I was positive, there were things in my head, but there's always these like things that pop in, right? And I would just try to like, if I can just slay these things to never become an issue again. I hear so many people, even just this week, I was actually interviewing very successful people. And before the interview, they were like, yeah, but like this doesn't really work in our area or we can't actually like deals are so hard to come by now that we just can't find them and i i even before we started the interview i just said hey you know what let me let me just tell you something like if you keep saying that to yourself it's it becomes true it doesn't matter i can tell you right now they're not hard to come by they are available i bet i could show you three different ways of how you could find a deal in your area right now today if we had more time on this call we're going to do the interview on my podcast but you need to work on that like that's the, you are successful, but you are only as successful as you are because of exactly what you just said. And you just said like, uh, people think it's hard. And it's like, the reason why it's hard is because it's your, their beliefs, right? It's like this massive belief that they have that this is gonna be hard or it's challenging or it's difficult or I, you know, I'm not sure that I can do it. All of these things that just kind of keep creeping into our mind. I had this big aha when I, was, I was, went to Tony Robbins' event, the one he just did that was live. And he has those four quadrants, right? Potential action, results, and belief. And the big thing that he said was, he's like, how do you, have res how do you get results like, before you've ever done anything? And he said, you have to already have done them. You have to already have visualized it. You have to already believe that it's happened. 
And then you can take the action that's needed to get the results that you already envisioned that you had. So it's like, I think that, I thought that was huge for our new people that are out there that are just like, like I, I can't, like the result is, seems so far away, but it has to have already happened. And I said, you know what? That's exactly how I go through life right now. Like on Friday, I have a, a personal jet that's flying into my airport. Like I have, we have a little personal airplane and we, we have a jet flying in to, for me to go test fly on Friday because I saw it. I said, I want this. I'm going to figure out how. I have no idea how. I'll figure it out. But I was talking to somebody else who already had one and they were like, oh yeah, like I, I have one of those and I do this and I do that. And then sometimes I charter it out and it's like, I can actually make money off of it. And I just was like, okay, if that person can do it, I can do it. And do I really want that? Is that the next thing for me? Um, and then it was like, yes. And so now I can already see it. Like it's already sitting in my hangar. It's already there. Um, do I have the money ready to write the check? No, but I'll figure it out. Like it's already happened. It's not like, can this happen or will it happen? It's like, like on what date will I have this thing in my, in my hangar? And it'll be before June of 2022. I'll go out to say that. Okay. So I was, this is, oh God, it's probably eight years ago, right? I was at a conference and they told you to write down your goals. And so I wrote down for the year, I wrote down $2 million and I looked around me and everybody was like 150,000, 75,000, 250,000, a hundred thousand. And so I went to like, I was like, oh my God, I almost went to erase my 2 million, right? And then I was like, why am I going to erase it? Like, I had no idea how I was ever going to make $2 million a year. I mean, I was a teacher making like $50,000 a year, right? After six years of being a teacher and a master's degree. But then I, I got into real estate and I did really well in real estate, but I wasn't making anywhere near $2 million a year. So um, I kept it. Last month, we did $2,094,000 in a month, right? And, and it's like, I would never have ever have thought that possible, but I kind of did, you know, I mean, I, when I wrote that 2 million, my brain was thinking 2 million a month, <laughs> you know? And so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a billionaire. And it isn't because I'm like this money hungry person, but I am a massive philanthropist. Like if you talk to my staff, I, I give them huge bonuses. I, I love, you know, taking care of families, people in need. And, you know, um, like I give a lot of money away, right? I just gave $50,000 to um, this cancer research. And I bought a house in Mexico for, you know, with this thing. So I do a lot of that kind of stuff. And I believe that like money is a great thing because you can give a lot of it away and help people. And when people say like, oh, money's not that great. It's like, well, you haven't given enough of it away. And somebody said that once. I'm like, that's so true, right? So um, like believe in it. And, and just like you said, you've got to believe it. You've got to see it. You've got to feel it. You've got to know it. Like there is honestly nothing that I don't believe I can do aside from like fly in the sky without, you know, object. But I mean, I know I, I can't do those kind of things, but I just, I just know that anything is possible. And, and it really is, it really is possible no matter where you're at, right? No matter where you're at in, in life, if you believe and you work towards it and you and you think about it and you visualize it and you take the actions as well to get there because thoughts don't become things if you don't actually take action. You've got to incorporate action in, in all of this, right? Then, um, you know, I think, I, I, I know anything can happen. Yeah, I, 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 this is the, this is something that people talk about and just brush over and oh, yeah. the mindset word is thrown around on a regular basis. And I, I don't think they understand really how important it is. These are two people that are on this call that, you know, have a sizable business, if not multiple sizable businesses and income streams that are telling you that when you're listening right now, that mindset is the most important thing that you can work on. And there's so many people that go through our programs and probably through your programs too, I suspect, that they go in there for the tactics, they learn all the tactics and all that stuff, and they don't become successful. Like they just don't get it. 
because of the story. Like they're constantly just holding themselves back. Like I, we, we launched a new program, a very high level group. And it's like, they don't need <laughs> tactics and strategies. They actually need mindset. They need, they need do more the guidance. Hmm? Do they need the mindset? So even the, oh, yeah, they do. They, do but they? here, here, they, they, so they have it. But what they need is they need, so what, ha what happens I think to all of us, and it, it probably happened to you, and I know it happened to me, is our, we get to a certain level and then we need to kind of like kill, kill off that old identity that we have. And it could be like, hey, I make $2 million a year. I, I, heard, um, I heard it uh, talked about as a thermostat, right? And like you're in my thermostats are set high, but we can go into a different room and they think that our thermostat is set very low. Because yeah. what happened with you? I bet you, you wrote down $2 million and you saw all these other people writing that down. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I want to erase this. And if you yeah. hung out with those people that wrote down twenty-five or $50,000, that's where you would be. And, yeah. and if, you, if you went into another, if you were in another section of that conference with people writing down $10 million, you probably would have wanted to erase it and write a little bit bigger number. And that's what we see yeah. where we go. Like, you're pushing me to, get, to do more. You're pushing me to grow my business because you're ahead of me in your volume and the amount of money that you make per month and, and what you do and things like that. But I bet in other areas, I can help push you. So we're in a great room. However, that our mindset is still set at like, that's what it is. Like I'm, I'm, I am where I am trying to get to where I think I can go, but there's somebody else that can just be like, Hey, you, your mindset actually does need a tweak to get to the next level. Like there's always a ceiling. We're always trying to bust through the next ceiling and I'm bumping up against the ceiling right now. So I'm in a room with the people that are in the room right above me. That's where well, I, put, I, told, I told, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so when I first joined the inner circle four years ago, all right, that was a $25,000 investment. And I was like, I was around people like Alex Ramosi and other people that were doing really well. You know, they were making millions of dollars each year. And I remember thinking like, very shortly, oh man, I was, I was intimidated to be in the room. I was nervous and even, even getting in front of them and talking still, it's like, I've just, it takes me four years to get confident talking in front of these people, you know, in person. And so, and I, I had never built a funnel or done anything like that. I was making a million dollars a year back then, but these people were making that, you know, a million dollars a month, some of them. So I, I put myself in a room where people were, were doing what I wanted to do. Well, now I'm, I'm, I've surpassed almost everybody in that room, right? Except for, of course, Alex Ramosi, because the guy makes like $5 million a month or more. But so I, now I've surpassed, you know, like I'd probably say 95% of people in that room. Well, so what do we do? So now I joined the next level of the room. The next investment was 150,000 and there's only 15 of us in that room with people like you that are doing the, these kind of things that I wanna do. And so then it like elevates my, my mindset. It's like, you are the closest association of the four people that you surround yourself with. Jim Rohn says that, right? So, so true. So if you look at who you're surrounding yourself with, it doesn't make it like, Remember, Jalen, my daughter was at the, um, at the, mm -hmm. I brought her with me, right? And so she says to me, mom, she goes, it's so cool to see that like, you're not the only one that's like doing this. Like it's, it was so cool to see other people and interact with them and see how they're doing, you know, doing so well. And it makes, it just, it made really inspired me because now I, you know, kind of felt like before it was just you cause you're my mom. Right. But, and you make it look impossible, you know, or, or so easy, but I knew it can't be, but being around them made me realize, oh my gosh, there's so much possibility. So like, I'm going to make more money than you when I get learned. I'm like, of course you are good. You know, like she's, it was just the coolest thing, you know, and she's only 21 years old, 22. Well, I, I, so I totally agree with that. And the reason why I think that everybody needs 
everybody needs uh, a coach or uh, somebody to strive for, a mentor, or somebody that's above them and a few steps ahead of them. Um, I, I don't want to go into the room of people that are making, you know, a billion dollars a year or 500 million. Like it, me in the Jeff Bezos room, I, like I want somebody who's, who's a couple steps ahead of me. Like yes. I, I feel like so many people, they're like, and so that's why we don't bring we don't bring very beginners like never flipped a house into our higher level programs. So we have we have a path that they take and we set something up for them that other people help that are a few steps ahead and they kind of reach down and lift them up. But like the people that are coming into the highest level group that I have, they have all the resources that they need. They have the tactics, they have the strategies. What they need, what, what I'm finding that they need is they need more balance actually in their lives. They need to figure out what you talked about, like how is this how is this work? And, and this addiction of entrepreneurship actually affecting my marriage. How is it affecting my life with my friends and, and my mental health and my state and all of these things? So what I'm finding is they're on a journey to make $10 million a year. But what they don't know that I know, because I've been through it already, is they're really on a totally different journey that they'll find over the next year working with me. And I think all of us, that, that's kind of what we find. We become successful in life, but we're pulling energy from other places and we're starting to have flat tires in other areas that if we're not focused on, we're going to lose. And we say that we're actually doing it for those areas, like our family and like our, 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 our spiritual life and, and our health and wellness and all that stuff. But we, are, we rob from that to go put everything that we have into our business. And that's what I did. I gained, I gained a bunch of weight. I was overweight. I was, but my business was successful, but I, I, imagine you I overweight. You're so like fit. Oh, I, I lost like 35 pounds, like three years ago. I was like, a, I, I was like 185 pounds or so. And I got down to like 150 and really like, so if you see me at uh, seminars and conferences, like speaking from stage four years ago, you're like, this guy, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> and then, and so I'm not, I wasn't like, like massively huge and obese, but I was definitely overweight, significantly overweight. I was out of breath walking up the stairs to play with my kids, um, but my business was successful. So we, we've got to figure out how to find that balance, I think. And that's what these higher level entrepreneurs are really looking for. They think they want more money, but really what they want is they, they want more kind of contribution, more growth. They want more balance in their life. They want those kind of things. And, I do actually um, I, I, like I don't have any hobbies, right? My highways to my husband, he goes, yeah, you do, you have hobbies. We love to bow and you love to cook. I'm like, yeah, but my husband, like, he dies to go racing. Like, the guy will sell his children to be able to race. Not really, but, I mean, he, like, he, and it, I used to get kind of jealous, like, you like racing more than me? He's like, babe, I would, I just, I love being scared. I love the thrill. And he just loves racing. He'll, you know, and I don't have anything that I love like that, but I do with work. Like, I love work. And there's times where I'm like, man, it's the week. I hope he wants to go do something so I could work all day, which is, which is so bad. You know, I'm like, I want to be able to enjoy but I don't have that. So that is one thing that I do need to improve on. It's well, trying to find however, so let's, let's talk about that for a second. Cause I think there's people that are out there listening. Like I remember when I got into real estate, when I started like learning about flipping and wholesaling and, and, and off market properties. And I was just like reading these books and like, I couldn't put them down. I was so addicted to that. I loved it. And it, that, it, that was a hobby for me. The hobby was like learning entrepreneurship and business. And to be perfectly honest, I really do think that it's okay to feel that way and not shame yourself to say like, I really wish that wasn't the case. Like being addicted to work is one thing, like work just to work, but being like enjoying what you do and really saying like, this is like, cause you spend time with different people, you travel to different events, you meet other folks, you're socializing, you're networking, you're doing all those things. And the fact that 
society in general shames us for that and makes us feel bad about it, we can't actually lean into that. Now, if it's causing a problem in your marriage, if it's causing a problem with your health and your spiritual life and all of the things that you want to get better are going down because of work and finances, that's a whole different story. But if you have a healthy balance with all this stuff and you see some of your hobbies being the things that you do, speaking from stage, doing all that stuff, and understanding that you have a healthy balance with those like human needs that Tony Robbins talks about, and you're not like 90% over there and you're totally neglecting everything else that you need to take care of, like your kids and your family. But like, honestly, everybody says that I do this work in this business so that I can take care of my kids. And I say, you have enough money, you can quit right now. You can quit your job and your business right now and live for the rest of your life in a very high level of living and just be with your kids every single day of your life. Why don't you just do that today? And they're like, well, that's, that, I mean, that's not actually really what I want to do. Um, <laughs> I love spending time with my kids and doing things, but I don't want to be like with them all the time. And that's all I do. Like I get a lot of fulfillment from my work and what I do there. Okay, well, you have a mission in your life that is clearly not rearing children only. And that's what you were put on this earth. And God gave you this gift to do. God gave you this gift to go do what you're doing. So do that and find a healthy balance. And when you're with your kids, f- figure out how to unplug and be with them 100% of the time, and be present for the time that you are spending with them. It's very valuable. And even if it's less, it's much higher quality of time that you're giving them. That, I think, is the balance that we all need as entrepreneurs, that we're really struggling with, is actually unplugging from work. And being present, you're right. Being pres- yeah, that, that's true with me. I have, to, I have to watch myself. Like Even with my phone, there's times where, and that was part of the fight that my husband and I got to when he left was like, he wanted to grab my phone and throw it in the Delta. We were boating. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm, I have to do this for social media for work. And he's like, no, you don't. And he just got so mad at me. And I was like, what the heck? You know, but it was my fault. I wasn't, I wasn't being present. And so that is something I still have to work on, right? It's like being present, really being there. And like, when we're out to dinner, putting my phone down and not thinking about work and, and doing all that, you know, and, and he's, he's much more, more patient about it, but I'm, I'm getting better, but I still need to get, I still need some more, more, more improvement on that. <laughs> that is the thing that every single person needs to figure out. Where does that happen? Because that is how we lose. What I realize is I love that stuff. I don't think it's a big deal. And my wife underneath the skin, she just, Blood boils when that happens, even when I'm just looking at my phone one time, because she identifies the phone, even if I'm texting like a family member or anything, or like she identifies the phone as my work and my job, because Mm -hmm. I do so much on there with social media and email and, and communications. All she sees when I'm on my phone is Bill's working. And when she's on her phone, it's socializing, right? But that's, that's what they identify that. So last night we went to dinner. Uh, me and my wife and her parents are in town. My wife's from England. Her parents are here for the first time in three years. We went out to dinner, favorite restaurant that we have in Nashville. And I, I just leave my phone in the car for three hours. I'm like, I cannot even bring it in. I cannot trust myself with this thing. I will look at it. I will go to the bathroom. And, and then I'll be like, take an extra five minutes in there and just kind of peek at my email or something. Like, I can't trust myself. So what I have to do is build systems and train myself just not to do it, you know? And one yeah. year I gave her a box and I put my phone in there. There was gift was at my... At, Five o'clock, my phone goes in a box, and I can take it out at eight. And for three hours, me and you, dinner. So I gave that to my wife for Christmas as a gift, wrapped it up, and she loved it. And then something happened in the company, and I went away from that again. So, like, being intentional about this stuff, I think. You said something. You were really smart. You said you want to be with your kids, but it's better to be, like, really, really present with them. So when 
and it doesn't necessarily need to be three hours, but when you leave that phone, and, and this is for everyone listening, this is a really cool conversation, not where I thought we were going to go today, but I, I love it. So it just pisses people off. It's like when you're, you cannot multitask. Research shows that you cannot multitask, and the more that you multitask, the harder it is for you to actually stay on task, right? And um, anytime you divert your attention, research says, like, if, if I'm doing an email and all of a sudden my phone rings, it takes 27 minutes for your brain to get back into the fully functioning mode that it was when you started that thing. That's why multitasking is so bad, right? So it's like that with your, your partner or your children or whoever. If you're looking at your phone and you cannot be listening. So for example, I wrote something down while you and I were talking and I missed what you were saying. I didn't want to forget to talk to you about something, right? But I missed it. And it's just like when I'm looking at that phone, it's kind of like you're talking to somebody on the phone. You can tell when they're looking on their social media and they're not really listening to you. And my kids will still tell me, mom, you're not listening to me. I can tell you're doing something else. I'm going to hang up right now. People know and, they, and it makes them feel insignificant. They don't feel loved. They don't feel respected. They don't feel appreciated. And so that's what it is. So if you can just give them that full hour of every time you guys go to dinner, you should leave your phone in for an hour and a half, whatever it is. And then that will that hour and a half will then fill the love tank Well, then for when you're not doing it. So the more that you can do those things and show them the other times when you're doing it, it's not going to make, make it so bad. Does that make sense? Totally, 100%. I, I shared with my audience, they all know this, a year ago, my wife asked me for a divorce. I talked about it at yes. our meeting, that was my presentation. It was about, yeah, it was about like October, end of October uh, 2019, or 2020, 2020. So a little over a year ago. And what I didn't even realize was how much she, she equated the, the amount of work that I did, the business that I did to not caring about her, not listening to her and not making her feel special. And so she started to kind of pull away. She started to go, she started working at Starbucks. She got a lot of her fulfillment there from those people, from socializing, certainty, uncertainty, uh, significance, love and connection, it was all there, right? And kind of pulled away from me. And so what I realized was that is what needs to happen. And I also shared recently is the pendulum swings back and forth, right? Last year, my word for the year was balance. I found balance. We came back together. We really spent tons of time together. I feel right now like the momentum is shifting back to kind of pull me back into the company, get me going. You know, I'm in this new mastermind group. I'm trying to grow the company. We're doing different things, hired a new COO, all these new things. And I'm like, I just need to spend more time over here. And I don't like, I really need to make sure that the pendulum doesn't swing like too far away. Right. I can keep that balance there and just keep thinking about that. I don't believe in the word balance. Because when you're, when I don't believe in balance, I think balance is BS. And when people say balance, they they are, it's, it's impossible. And here's, here's a good example. I was imbalanced when when my husband left for a few days and I realized it. So then I had to put massive focus and attention on him, which then took focus off my business, but it was okay. I think what happens in life is there's certain times you need to put a little bit more energy and attention to things that need it. So for, for some people right now, it might be their business. They need to, but it looks something like this. Hey, Bill, right now for the next couple of months, I'm going to be massively like engulfed in my business. It doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate you, but can you do me a favor? If you're feeling hurt or, or, or lonely, or you're feeling like I'm not, you need my attention. Will you please just tell me, you know, and please don't get mad that I'm not going to make dinner for the next month. Like you, we're, we're, we're eating fast food or we're eating like P, PB and J. Okay. Is that cool? It's, it's, I think those kind of things go a long way too. It's just, it's the communication. And again, little, an hour of your time in a day is enough. It really is enough. It's like what, the six second kiss, right? Like the, one of our counselors told us once, every day before you leave, you should kiss for six seconds, like just a six second kiss. And so we try to do that and it just, it just goes a long way. You know, little things, I don't know. This way yeah, is I agree. 
the interesting thing with this, this balance concept is everybody tries to get to a 10 in everything, right? Like I'm 10 out of 10 in all these different areas. And I totally agree with you. Like you only have so much time in the day, you have so much energy, so you're kind of moving it around. And so what, what, I, tell, what I tell people a lot of times is, like if you're at a four out of 10, don't try to get to an eight or a 10, just get to a five or a six, like start moving in that direction. And, and you're right, you might have to take some time or some energy away from some other areas. And, but if your finances and your business are at a 10, like you'll be fine at an eight. And so take some time away and start moving things in other directions. And, and when I say balance, I don't mean like in perfect harmony, we're sitting here in, in the oasis and everything is perfect. I have the perfect amount of uh, work. I'm making a ton of money. I have the best family life. My friends all love me. It's, I have, I'm the healthiest, like six pack abs everywhere. It's like, okay, like all this stuff has to kind of, has to be your balance. And your balance is gonna look very different than mine. Like your balance could be 80% work, 20% family. Um, and to all these 10 areas that, that I like to identify in my life of just, okay, what does that mean? Like, I'm starting to see kind of these adjustments and changes as they go, but I totally agree with you. Like, I've got to find the, the, the area that I fit that makes that my spouse is happy, my kids are happy, and I'm happy with the amount of fulfillment that I get and growth and contribution that I have to my business and to my life. Um, okay, we have 10 minutes, or maybe a little less, actually. So what I want to do, you... You have something that you talk about with, um, I heard you talk about this win before you arrive concept and something that you teach. I think that would be like huge. I, first of all, I think this is going to be one of the most listened to podcasts that we ever put on. And if it's not, I'm going to be really upset because the mindset piece that we talked about, there's so much value in here that if they're not listening to this, like they're just not going to make it. So um, but this piece. That should be your little promo for what you just said. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. I'll, I'll say that on my intro. Absolutely, 100%. Like this is... The podcast of the year. If you listen to this, you will get, uh, you'll just, you'll move mountains, okay? Um, but you talk about this win before you arrive concept, and I love this because I think it's really valuable for our people when they're showing up and competing against lots of other wholesalers and flippers and people that want to buy their house, and, and also they have, you know, realtors that they have to deal with. So, like, this is something that we teach too, but the way that you kind of frame it and talk about it and some of the tactics that you use, I think will be very valuable for the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So winning before you arrive. So basically what, what I teach people to do is how to utilize video and this will work for any profession. Okay. In fact, we were going to launch this to other professionals and we just realized it's too hard because niching just makes everything so much easier. Right. But when you create video content that helps people, that solves problems that like, you know, you got to think about who you're going after. You really need to know your client avatar. What are their desires and wants? What are their needs? And what are their biggest problems? And then figure out around all those things, how can you create content and then properly distribute it so it gets in front of them so that you can start winning before you arrive, right? You're actually developing a relationship with people, um, which is actually called a parasocial relationship, which means that they're developing a one-sided relationship with you. They feel like they know you, kind of like you feel like you know your TV characters, um, you know, um, that you that you watch on TV. They feel like they know you. And who are you going to be more likely to work with? People that you know, right, and that you trust and you feel confident with. So when you create content and marketing, and you're, I call it engagement marketing, and when you do this, you can engage the community. And what, what happens is, is like they literally are positioning you as the authority, as the expert. You're breaking down barriers. You're developing trust. So that's that's how we start it, right? And then we start to drive traffic that based upon the videos that we're creating. Most people, what they do is they'll be like, and I know it works, right? Like, for example, agents will do open houses or they'll send out postcards or they'll say, hey, go to my open house or go to my, you know, seller seminar or whatever it might be. And they start there. You need to end there, right? You start with creating content, getting people to know you, taking a little bit more time in the nurturing phase, 
And if you can do that, take more time in the nurturing phase of the sales cycle and the marketing phase, because marketing is attraction, right? The more that your marketing speaks directly to your client avatar, the more then you that you nurture, conversion becomes so, so much easier. People think that it, that it takes longer, so they skip the step, but really it's not longer. You're going to be able to, it's a little bit longer, but then the, 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 the process of actually converting, it not only sticks longer, like they'll be a customer lifetime value longer than, than normal, but they'll also be much easier to convert once they get down there. Can you, maybe an example, so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I don't really understand how I could use this inside of my flipping business or wholesaling business. Um, a lot of things that we use in, in is, is how, how do we talk to the customer initially? So they call in and we get a lead that gets dropped in, right? What are you doing after that? So like all of the follow-up touch points, things like that before they come in. Um, I heard Krista give an example of when uh, she would create these, this video for them before she went on listing appointments and pretty much, it would be like, do I like, uh, am I going with Krista or am I going with Krista? That was it. Like she, she's yeah. a pr- people, the, the person that they know out there is like, I, I either just do that or I don't list my house. I showed you that like- video. I show that to you, Bill. Honestly, because you could probably help make it like that for your people. Okay. So basically we send, so, okay. I get a listing, but first of all, I generate leads online, seller leads by the strategy I just told you. In fact, last, in a 12 month time frame, just from that strategy, we sold a lot more houses, but 48 seller transactions resulting in $760,000 of commissions came from what I just said, but it's also what we did before we arose. We dropped off in this box right here. Let me show you where I go. We dropped off. Okay, we drop off in this box. Okay, we drop off a um a, a book that I wrote. We drop off a QR code goes to a funnel with like fifteen different plus videos on it. I drop off um, my marketing plan, and then I send them to a seventeen minute video that talks all about the marketing that we do and how we're completely different than every other agent. Right. Then, then we also email those things I just talked about to them, and we also then target those people, um, marketing videos that we've created for other clients so they can see how we market. We target them testimonial videos as well as put them into our CRM. So all of those things are winning before we arrive. So what your listeners need to think about is, okay, it might look like something like this, like, are you wanting to sell your house, but you're absolutely do not want to put it on the market? Like maybe you're afraid of the coronavirus and you don't want people walk trancing through your house. Maybe you just inherited a house because somebody passed away. Or maybe, quite frankly, you need to sell right away because you need funds fast. Hey, guess what? I totally understand. I've been there, too. I've got solutions for you. Hey, I'm Bill. I've actually helped, you know, 2,000 people in the past five years be able to sell their house just like I'm going to show you about now. Here's some things that we were able to do. Boom, right? So that's a whole different conversation than, you know, you know what I'm saying? And by doing that, and this is any profession it will work for, that's why I really, really identify and understanding who your clients are, what their problems are, what their desires are, what their needs are, and utilizing that process and then figuring out how you can, you know, go to them. So I'll give you one more example. Yesterday, Sunday, I spent eight hours analyzing the market data in my area, okay? I created a video and did the stats showing that we sell our homes between 16.6 and 21% higher for the median and for the average of every other agent in our area. So I put a you know a, a script together, a page and a half, recorded a five-minute video. So now once they go to that listing presentation video, then I'm going to say, now I just told you all these things we do. Let me show you how that affects you and what how the money you're going to get. Now I'm going to send them to the next video. Does that make sense? So now I'm showing all the things you do, and then I'm saying, here's why it's going to be important for you. Notice I didn't just stop because I'm already like a ninja at listing. We get like 99% of our listings we go on, like literally. But I always want to continue to make it better. How can I become better? How can I convey what it is that I'm trying to say? How can I position myself as the expert while maintaining that relationship with them? I kind of went on a tangent, but does that make sense? No, no. absolutely. And 
I also heard you say the percentage of people that listen to the, that watch that 17 minute video. Can you share that? Because this is yeah. that this like made my jaw drop when I heard it. Yeah, we can track it. It's like 98% of people watch the video, and here's why: it's their most valued asset. Okay, there's nothing more that more valuable in most cases that most people, the average person, will be doing than selling their home. It's on the like top three biggest stressors. It's also top three most financial things, whether they lose or make, they're ever going to do in their life. They read, they watch that video, they read the book. And who are you going to hire? You're going to hire someone who wrote the book on selling real estate, right? Or who wrote the book like you did on, you know, flipping. That's who you're going to hire. In fact, my book, I will tell you, is one of the, I, I can track the book in my videos um, back to like the whole, the reasons why we're making we're making. If anyone says, what's the one thing I should do, Chris? I tell them, create video content, properly distribute it, make sure it's actually getting seen. Become an expert. Everybody will want to work with you. You'll be the only go-to person in your market you can dominate. This is exactly what Krista teaches. I highly recommend that you reach out to her. You find her if she can help you. This is what we teach. We teach, like, you have got to own your marketplace. Get in your farm area and be the only option, right? And this is what Krista talks about. So uh, I know you have to go. How can they find out more about you if they want to talk with you or, or meet up with you or come to some of your yes. events? Thanks, but obviously go to kristamasher.com, but we have a boot camp, and yes, it's you're going to hear a lot about real estate in it, but I tell everyone, when I say real estate, you just insert your field, right? If you go to kristamasher.com forward slash boot camp podcast, again, that's kristamasher.com forward slash boot camp podcast, you'll be able to get access to our three-day uh, virtual event that we have every month for $97. And uh, we just jam pack with information. We, it's, you'll, you know, it's, it's over $10,000 value. You'll get tons of nuggets to help improve your business. Awesome. We'll put it in the show notes. You guys can click there. You can type it in your URL yourself. And Krista, thanks for hanging out with me. I know you got to go, but I could talk to you for another couple hours. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see you soon. I appreciate all you do. And everyone, listen to him. The guy is a brainiac, okay? He spends like hundreds of thousands of dollars every single year learning all these ninja tricks to, to like collapse your time frames. If you're thinking about flipping and you want to learn the exact, not just the strategy, but the how-to so you don't do all the mistakes and do all the things right, then you need to hire Bill because he is phenomenal. Bill, hey, you're the you best. Know they, they already know this. They listen to this show. They know that. So, all right. <laughs> I'm helping reiterate. And then I want to, before I we, I want to talk to you really fast. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody.